Welcome to Birth Mothers Amplified, giving a voice to the women behind adoption. Hosted by Emma and Mathani. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Birth Mothers Amplified. I am Mathani. And I'm Emma. And today we have the lovely LaToya. Hi, LaToya. Hi. Hello, hello. Hello. Super excited to get into LaToya's story today. We're going to be talking about entering reunification and going against the grain of stigmas surrounding adoption. Yes. So LaToya is a birth mom of 16 years. And she has four more children. What's the age range? You said ni- 19 to 2? 19 to 2. That's oh, right. A woman. Oh, my gosh. The age gap. So impressive. Um, she is Love starting it. a nonprofit, um, an after-school program to help uh, young girls in crisis or high-risk um, young females, which is amazing. She's in nursing school. I mm-hmm. don't know how you're doing that with four children that is so impressive um, and enjoys obviously good food and some of the preference Caribbean. Is that right? Mediterranean, all of the good stuff. We like spicy to where our um, nose is almost running. That's right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, let's wait. We'll just go ahead and give you the floor. So let's jump in um, to your journey of adoption. All right. Well, my journey began um, in the state of Florida at the age 18 uh, my senior year of high school as you stated before um, I previously had a son that I was raising two at the time sadly my first uh, choice was abortion at the time I was not living uh, with my parents I was on my own with what I considered was a godfather preacher um, was a deacon of a church actually I resided with him during that time and I just knew that I had, I believe, because it is about what you believe in self, I believe I had nothing to do with another child. Um, I was barely giving myself to the first one I had. Mm-hmm. So um, abortion was my option. So the young man, I believe, he was father. We went to an abortion clinic, and I did not know how far along I was. So before they could price me and give me the procedure, I had to have a sonogram. Well, when the sonogram was performed, the monitor was facing me, and I saw my child. And immediately, I knew there was no way I could follow through anything like that. Yeah, there was a baby. So um, during that time, I had transitioned from living with the deacon into my mother's home. It wasn't my mother knew I was pregnant, but nobody else in the house knew. And when um, my stepfather found out that I was pregnant. Um, I was given an ultimatum that I had to find somewhere to live. I could you know, reside in Florida or I could get a ticket to Texas. Um, I'm born in Texas. I left Texas when I was 12, still back and forth in the state, but I still had a huge, large family, almost all my family. So that was an option um, to go back. So I took that option, I took that flight, my two-year-old son and returned to Texas. Oh, before that occurred, after the abortion that didn't go through, um, I looked into an adoption agency in Florida and I set up an appointment and someone was supposed to be. And they never showed up. 
So it was like a no call, no show. Right. So a little lost in that process, but I did uh, believe that adoption at this point was the best. So when I arrived to Texas, I looked up an agent, uh, set that up. Had an amazing oh caseworker. That's her heart. My caseworker was my life, uh, and we went through that whole process of um, the AP and my agency um, book where you know they just told about themselves. And I recall having about four books, and I want to say we were at like Chili's or Finnegan, something in that TGI Friday, something uh-huh. like that. And she brought the books and just reading them and seeing them and just being so inspired by, especially um, the mom, just so many qualities and characteristics that she had as a woman and just knowing that, like, these are my parents. So the parents collected. Mm. So I was very vocal and open. Wait, really quick. What were some of those qualities? Uh, she was educated, she's an attorney, or is an attorney, and at the time, I was pursuing uh, free law. That was the first thing was like, yes, and she, she was a black woman. She was, uh, she's an artist, author, she paints, beautiful, uh, her smile, just the photos, and it was like, you could see the beautiful soul that she um, not to take away from the father, <laughs> <laughs> it was important, but as a as a young black girl giving birth to mm-hmm. a son, you know, you know how important mothers are in your life. So right, I definitely wanted that. Yeah. I, I made that connection. Yeah. That photo. Yeah. So, um, like I said, it was when I moved to Texas. I didn't hide the fact that I was going an adoption, but my family. Uh, especially the household I was residing in at the time was totally against me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very close relative who could not have kids, and she wanted to give her my son. And my problem with that was I knew that I, at some point, you know, would see him and would take him back. And I didn't want to do that to her or to the child and have that back and forth um, with them. So I knew I needed that space, um, distance, and that I couldn't know exactly where you are, but I'm still able to get updates. Mm -hmm. That was important, to have an open option. In terms of my adoption, where the first year they would automatically every three months, and every year after they would and the agency was our middleman. So, and you've continued to receive updates over the years consistently. No. About okay. the last update, so he's sixteen. Last one, he probably was five. It was his okay. first day of school. I remember uh, he had his backpack on front door. Those were the last thoughts. Um, I had a space in my life where um, I wasn't proud of who I was. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to be involved or even reach out with the fear that he's around. And I don't like who I am. How do I expect him? So I always wanted him to be proud of me. Like, his adoption not be in vain. Like, you gave me up for adoption and you did nothing with your life? Like, come on. What, 
really quick that makes me think about how many birth moms are out there or birth fathers too that are not open to having a relationship because of that very point like i wonder how many feel like i wouldn't want them to know me because you know you hear the stories about adoptees reaching out to birth parents and the birth parents shut them down for whatever reason and you know i would be so curious to talk to those um birth parents of, of those reasons but I bet a lot of it is what you just said, that there's shame there, whether or not it's legit or not, you know, in the sense of like, you know, they should be proud of who they are, but like probably those insecurities keep people from pursuing a relationship with, with their child. Definitely. For me, that that's what applied. Um, But during that time frame, by the time I came back around to the agency to say, Hey, I'm ready. No, they're using all their avenues to try to and um, nothing. Um, they can't find them. So I, I'm left to me and just trying to figure out, like, where are you? Who are you? And that was about really like um, 2010 when they communicated back. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. We're not giving up by any means, but these are the facts. No, no. Our mail comes back undeliverable. Like, no, no. And there was one thing I wanted to touch on. When I gave birth, uh, my doctor knew that I was through the adoption. Um, His staff was like very encouraging. But when I gave birth, my doctor was not on call. So I got the on call doctor. Had no clue what was going on. If I tell you that it was rough, because Mm -hmm. I didn't, I I, I nursed, no, I was in the hospital with and a half days. I wanted my son there with me, like on me, everything. I was gonna enjoy that time. But I was literally sobbing after I gave birth. And you know, they're mm-hmm. doing their thing. And the doctor says, Can you please shut up? And I was just like, Oh <gasps> yes. He asked me to shut up. And I was just like, I have no clue. And I've heard on some of your other ones oh. there's the mm-hmm. birth mothers like you're not the hospital's not aware of their birth plan and you're handed your baby and that's not what you want and it was just right like, oh dude well also even well, my, if you were my, <laughs> yes yes but in even his if mind, you were, i think he didn't understand like why she cried but even if you were you just had a baby you deserve to cry if you want to cry <laughs> even if you weren't placing your your child wow. for adoption. Wow, he was maybe a little cranky. What? I don't know what was going right. on there. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard that as like a constant stream through a lot of birth moms is when they give birth, their birth plan is not followed for whatever reason. So that was really mm-hmm. hard. And it seems like yesterday, they have to room to sign off um we'll at least hear this signed off you know just that the care of the staff and all that was great and i still see that same i'm still in the same practice doctor and i see that position where do you matter of fact i have since birthed uh so he birthed one two oh he's birthed four of my kids out of five, the same doctor. 
And on the third birth, it was him again. It wasn't my physician on the third one. And I wanted to say so bad, like, no, I am. You don't know. I know you don't. Birth kids all day. Well, let me tell you what you did. But yeah, he has birthed another one in my kids. Wow. I had to take the high road on that one. Well, so, I mean, uh, what, what do you do with that, right? I mean, it's, you don't even know how to handle the situation. You don't know what you want or need. And, and that's why, and I'm glad that you brought that up because we, we have, have seen this pattern where for a lot of birth moms while they're in the hospital, the medical staff either are not aware of the birth plan for whatever reasons, like you said, because the physician that was on call, unfortunately, was not your doctor. But, you know, maybe figuring out a way that physicians or you know, the adoption caseworkers can ensure that whoever is there, though, knows the plan. And I know at least with the agency I went with, they um, have, a, you know, a, I think a folder and they provide it to everyone. Now, they can't force everyone to read it. And maybe that's, right. you know, you think the adoption agency can't force people to be the informed. They can provide the information. Um, but it sounds like, yeah, with this person being on call, they just were not, no. not relayed. Or may I at least I hope not. I really hope that he did not say that yeah. with knowledge. I while in the hospital, I called home and I told, you know, my family members to come to the hospital and see the baby because the baby wasn't coming. And it was like, no. Get discharged. I come home, I come to the door, I'm like, hey, and nothing. Could not speak to me. Like Spoke to my kids, spoke to the other family members, and I would not speak. So I was Sean probably for, for I want to say 14 years to the birth of my next kid, who was another seven years apart. I'm sorry. The baby number two and three are seven years apart. So yeah, for seven years until um, I got pregnant with baby number three. And they came around, but the relationship still was never right. I mean, even to this day, a few of those families still don't communicate um, mm-hmm. for other reasons too. That's not the biggest thing, but it was right. not looked at even uh, amongst my people. I can probably say um, I plan on releasing this video through my own personal and sharing my story, and probably two people might know that you know and i how many friends and facebook friends and whatever i have they don't know that you know and just the negative stigma that's put on being a birth mom automatically thought that you know you're a drug user or you just live this horrible life and not that my life was peaches and cream looking back could have could i have kept like yeah i could have what would that have looked versus how it turned out. I wasn't willing to take that. So mm-hmm. I just wish it was normal, like an everyday conversation for people to talk about adoption or to learn it. I mean, growing up in school and physical education, you learn about sex, you learn about protection, you learn about abortion, but you never learn about adoption. Mm-hmm. And I think um, from, from my family, especially, you know, growing up in the background of slavery, couldn't keep, gave birth to how dare you? Or at least keep it in the family, raise it as brother, sister, cousin, whatever. So right. having to face that 
I just hope that, you know, anyone else who's facing the same thing can relate is encouraged that, you know, to speak. I don't want to say like, this is healing for me because my birth is in a womb. Wombs heal, you know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like the beginning of a new chapter. Like when you can walk in your truth and not that I hide it, it's no one's business per se, but just because it's who I am. It's my foundation, right. my DNA. And so I feel like for so long, just didn't really know like the core and being exposed. Yeah. So this is like amazing that to have this platform. Yeah, that's great. And so in the last few years, have you been able to regain contact with your son and his family? Like, what does that look like? Do you still have no contact? So today, on January 31st at 2 a.m., <laughs> I messaged my son through Instagram. And if I tell you the joy that I have, like, mm-hmm. I've been smiling so much and so happy that my cheeks hurt, you know, um, it's just been unreal. Because for 10 years, I've searched for you. Um, I think it's confirmation your faith, all things believe. Mm-hmm. When something's put on your heart and on your mind, go for it. Because it's not a mistake. It's no coincidence. That we're doing this podcast. And, you know, ahead of time, I knew that this question would come up. And I was like, how will I? What will I say? I mean, it's my fault. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not the agency's fault. It's not the AP's fault. I don't want anyone to feel discouraged who may be on the same journey, but everything falls in place your time. And as a birth mom, my fear was you reunite or you reach out and you get rejected. Or it's like, I hate you. And for my son to say thank you, like my birth, my mom and dad, not even birth, my mom and dad are amazing. They're great. And I'm surrounded by great. Mm. That's all I ever wanted. Was that right to have this amazing better than and i think that's any parent whether you are you keep your child and raise them that's what every parent wants their child to be right yeah uh, yeah. oh my gosh well and to get i feel like the biggest dream is to get that i'm happy and i am good and i am healthy is the dream but then to be told thank you is like something even unfathomable i think as birth moms we don't even go like Right. Like we don't even want to go there because that, that feels just like unattainable, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up for, for them being grateful. Like, you know, you just right. want to know they're healthy and okay. And to, you know, hope they don't, yeah, like you said, reject you or, or turn you right. away. So for him to do both of those things at 16. And at such a young age. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like in a boy, we usually always joke on, you know, joke on here yeah. that, you know, usually the girls are a little more intrigued or open at a younger right. age where, you know, with, with the boys, they're maybe not as curious. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe I'm just totally creating unfair stereotypes there. But no, I, but have, I don't know. I have three <laughs> other boys. You know, they pick up other I can attest. Playing Xbox. They're real good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Being in touch with their heart and their, you know, emotions. Not their favorite pastime. Not there. Wow. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, there's so many things I want to dive in with this, but, but while we're talking about your other children, 
what is their knowledge of the situation? And I mean, do they know about what happened today? And, and tell us about that. Yeah, so definitely. Um, in this household, we stand on that. You're not a secret, it's nothing to hide. Um, again, normalizing adoption, uh, it's not a negative. I've even gone so far as the book that I that they created. I've gone over it with them, like, hey, this is their story, what I was given. I'm being very open about it. So uh, I was actually at work. I, I worked the fourth. I worked for a hospital, so um, I worked a 14-hour shift last night or overnight. And I called my husband first, and I told him because we've been date dated. Two years and we've been married six so we've been together eight years and that's always been our dream you know to reunite and so i called him at like 3 30 in the morning and then um i text my mom and my sister because those two have been cornerstones throughout this whole thing mm. actually my sister was pregnant we were pregnant together and i gave birth first so when i gave birth my sister was there with me mm. and just that whole journey um, she's always been there. So uh, I text them and they woke them up out their sleep. My mom's in Jersey, so it was like 4 a.m. over there. Um, and just, you know, everyone just being in shock. Even today, the after, like, that just. And then I called my oldest, 19. Because um, we, we just joke about, like, plays basketball, both of them. So the oldest one, of course, I'm the older brother. You're not going to dunk on me. Like, yeah. You know, um, I reached out to him. Wow. And I was talking to my mom the day before we got on, and my daughter was listening. And she's like, Wait, what? And she just busts out in tears and she's like mm. crying. I'm like, Stop, you're gonna mess my makeup up. Like, quit. <laughs> I'm like, Are they happy tears? And she's like, Yes, of course. Very happy. So, uh, my family is. I'm speaking into existence, great thing. Like, I caught you before year. Hopefully, I'll see you stage, go off to college, draft to the NBA. Like, who knows where you'll go? But mm -hmm. wherever you go, I, mean, I, have I have an opportunity to be part of it. Yeah. Even if I would have reunited with him at 30, you know, him being 30, I feel like there's still life ahead of us. So I didn't miss six. I didn't, you know, I have kids and I, I birthed you and I know what it is. So when I had my daughter, I was still in my 20s. But when I had my last two, or four and two, or shouldn't be five and two, I had a husband, settled in my career. So you pick up on things that you miss. And I'll never forget from saying to myself, like, I gave someone the opportunity to hear someone say mama for the first time, to walk for the first time. So, like, those things are priceless. What makes you a mom is not the birth. No. So, she is a mother, and I gave that gift to someone. And I wish some people would look at birth moms as that. Like, we are literally of, of motherhood, of fatherhood, parenting. People who either aren't fortunate or just don't want to have them themselves. No. They all adopted babies. Know, going through something either maybe they just want to be an ap and give life and hope to another kid so that's like that's huge like my ap's mm -hmm. are everything 
you know, I told him he was, I think he was worried that I wanted to take him away for something, just the way he worded one of his texts. And I said, no, my goal is to be an extension like this. Now you have a whole nother family to love you, not to ever pull you. Not. Mm. Even if I would have known where he was, like for these hosts, that's so selfish. I would never done that. Well, and I like that you say it's an extension, not a replacement, not an alternative. It's just an extension. That's how my daughter's parents always phrased it. It's just more people to love her, more people to love her, you know, not, not a competition at all. So, so where did that conversation end between ended, you and your son? With him just saying, okay, I'm going to talk to my mom and dad about this. So I'm glad you know that. I look forward to seeing and then he's like, talk to you later. And then he quotes, he put mom. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, mama. It was in my mama. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, this is, I don't, I, I can't even put into words. You no, know? I follow some people who are like in the, the media industry and things like that who are adopting kids. And one of the things they said was, when they reunited their birth mom soon after they recorded it, like their feelings. So I did that yesterday. You know, I went to a chapel. I went inside the chapel at the hospital. I just sat down and recorded like that moment because mm. literally for 16 years I've been like looking for it, and it was so. Why did I think of this before? Why? <laughs> but. I don't know. You know, I, I hope that any adoptees listening who maybe haven't found their parents, their birth parents, hear stories like these, you know, that there are birth moms, plenty of them that are looking as well. You know, you and hear- And that was a question asked. How long have you been looking for them? And I said, forever. Like, I would find like one little breadcrumb, like, okay, I see you're playing soccer here. Then I try to like follow that trail dead end. All right. Oh gosh. All right. I see you over here doing this, but I can't really figure it out. And I don't want to be disrespectful by any means and just show mm -hmm. up somewhere. But I was really about to be desperate and just say, okay, so senior year, I'll be a regular. I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> you know, at some point, forgive me, but I, um, <laughs> but it all works out and they should really, yeah. Kids and the moms know that when it's time, it's time. Yeah. Well, especially if, if your son, you know, wants that and, and to have that relationship with you. And I mean, he's 16, you know, and a couple years graduate. I'm sure, is that just so crazy? I guess you have an, an older child. So you've already seen some of those, those life phases, but. Yeah, those milestones. But to know that I could possibly. For all my kids. and you know the times we live in and I'm passing away left right and that was always a fear of mine like what if I never get to give him the closure not just me have it but him and none of my children have their maternal their paternal grandmother so they, they're all just they don't know them and they were just either 
at before birth or shortly after. So I definitely think it's important to know where you come from. Because for him to be like, oh, I see where I get my nose from, or, you know, I play basketball. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I knew I didn't get them from my birth, from my AP, my mom. I didn't get those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do we know about the, his birth father? Originally, I had two guys serve because it was, it was talk. So the young man that I believe, based on my calendar, who was the father, um, that's who went to the abortion clinic with me and whatnot. But like I said, along the way, I would receive pictures, sometimes from them, but also that I would find myself. And at some point, it was like, you don't look like him. You look like the other one. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached out, and about two years ago, they hey, remember, got served, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. So, you know, I sent the picture and pretty much shut me down. I was like, oh, I don't think so. Like, so, again, about three weeks ago, I send a message to him, hey, again, this year my goal <laughs> is to reunite with my son. And I want to be able to tell him where he comes from. And you know, I know you said in the past, you didn't think he looked like but, and I, maybe you did that out of fear. Like, here she comes along 15, 14 years later saying this kid is mine. Like, what? Um, but I really, you know, I believe he is. And I sent him a few photos. His response was so positive. And, you know, before, when I sent the message, I said to in my mind, please don't let him be with the bull. Like, I ain't got time. I'm going to go off because, like, no. And he responded back. I want to take a deep breath. It was just like, oh. oh. I, I thought I was going to be facing quite honest. Like, I was in 2021, you know, um, late in 2020, I lost my best friend. And he and I uh, would discuss my son. He actually helped one of his baby mothers, who also had adopted a child, night with, with her kids, found the kids. Uh, her daughter so that was like a big thing for me to complete so this year i was just i have to have i want i i I long for this my life had he responded negative it was gonna go down because no (laughs) i don't care somebody you're somebody's gonna give me some dna from that family that was my fault (laughs) i was not taken now but I guess the Heavenly Father knew that she's going to act stupid. Let me make sure he responded correctly. He did. Okay. He might watch this. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, Latoya, I just really appreciate you coming on today um, and just sharing your story. Um, before we go, I just wanted to kind of gain your a little bit of perspective from, or not perspective, but I wanted you to give some advice um, to any black expected moms who are considering adoption um, for their child. You experience, you know, shunning and not, not like a lot of support like other, you know, people do who, you know, aren't people, women of color, you know. So what advice would you give? First, I'm going to say be strong. Believe in yourself. You have to break barriers. 
barriers are being broken every day. I mean, look at our vice president. Juan. Mm-hmm. Be encouraged. Know that what you're doing is right. And there's always someone that's going through similar, whatever. So maybe try to find that connection for those who do support you, them in your ear. Because you're going to hear so much negativity. And you may even doubt yourself at some point. Just have faith. Have faith mm-hmm. in all things. Believe. And that's for any birth Whether you're searching and whether you've been reunited, maybe you do. Hindsight is 2020, right? So looking mm-hmm. back, there's so many things that I wish I would have done differently as far as like, I journaled too while I was pregnant. And because the, I went to a panel through the agency. And so there was like, you know, the adopted kid, there was, was birth mom. And the one thing the adopted kid, who was a male, said, no, my birth mom's never reached out to me. And I've not reached out to her. And I don't have the desire because I'm in utero recovery. So I never wanted my kid, whether it was like I lost contact or passed away. There was something left for you. What I was what I was feeling, the why. Because everyone mm-hmm. has the why. Why did you so no? We try to keep something, you know, a recording or a voice recording of what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's it's so important to talk about because I know Mathani has expressed, you know, the difficulty of finding birth moms that like are fellow black birth moms, you know, and that it's just every community is so different and and the norms, you know, and, and people have different takes on adoption. And, you know, I was so fortunate to have a supportive family. And I just am always blown away when birth moms do what they do with the lack of a supportive family and because it was hard enough. And, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. I, I am always inspired by women like you and Mathani and the perseverance and strength that you have to find from within because, really do. I mean, you gotta, you, you know, you have to find it somewhere. And a lot of the times it's just, you know, within, within ourselves. Well, Latoya, oh my goodness. I am so, so humbled um, that you were willing to share your story on this platform. I am even more excited to hear updates. I still am blown away that literally yeah. you, you spoke to your son for the first time today, literally today. like 12, 12 hours ago, 14 hours ago. No coincidence. And I am just so excited to hear how that unfolds and, you know, you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I'm just very excited, so very excited to see how that relationship continues. Mm-hmm. Me too. And thank you, you guys, I mean, for having a platform for us um, to come to and share our story and, you know, build our next, our next phase of our journey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you're as inspired by Latoya's story as we are. Um, But with that, we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Bye.
Birth Mothers Amplified is brought to you by the Gladney Center for Adoption and Adoption.com. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Mothers Amplified. The views expressed may not represent the views of this program or sponsors and should not substitute seeking the advice of licensed professionals. To speak with an adoption counselor, please call 1-800-236-7898. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.